0: stories podcast your number one show for everything guitar hey everybody <laughs> welcome hello, welcome to the guitar stories podcast the friendliest choppiest guitar podcast in the world <laughs> I'm Andy Ferris <laughs> and I'm here with my friend and co-host it's Dr. Dan hello Dan
1: hello Andy how are you
0: I'm good um I'm, I'm great I'm just still setting up stuff because apparently I had some 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 what's it called? Some choppingness and some all kinds of stuff going on. This week, i you, I know you're so excited to hear this. This week, guess what I've been doing is my time.
1: Mm, not making any changes to the setup?
0: Not making any changes to the setup, correct. I have been That's good. I've been painting walls and breaking tiles on the floor, you know, doing real sort of what you would call classic man things. Yeah, her, so Have you been building a man cave? No. I've been building a yoga cave. A yoga cave? Cave's right. probably the wrong word. Yeah. A, a yoga shrine. Sanctuary.
1: A yoga shrine. All right. Slash
0: guest room, slash storage room, slash spare shower, you know, in case I get in trouble or whatever. But uh...
1: is, that where, is that where you put the kids, slash uh, the wife, uh, whenever you need some time for yourself?
0: No, that's where I go. Actually, no, I go here. Right. Mainly the All cat's right, okay. room, if I'm yeah. honest. They spend more time than anyone else than they. <laughs> so, so you built a room for the cat? Fair enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've also been man cave building, right. haven't you? Yeah, but I'm building the Dan Cave.
0: Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I I love it. It's sad. You love it? I love it. Uh, it, 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 it kind of sounds a little bit sad, but yeah. No, it will, be, it will be amazing. So It looked good yeah. on WhatsApp. It sounds
0: kind of sad when you say it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dropping pedals everywhere. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have no idea why the audio All was right. choppy at the beginning, by the way. You know, it happened. Deal with it. What am I going to do? Give you a, a perfectly normal podcast? I do not think so.
1: Yeah. Oh, and our friend Tom Quayle is here. Hey, Tom. Good to have you on the show.
0: Hello, Tom. Tom Quail, really nice to see you there. name popping up. Also Pooh Ninja, Valeria is there. I believe Fergie from France is there. And um, yeah, we had to cancel one week with John Gom because we had a snowstorm here. And whenever we have a snowstorm, it knocks out my internet. But good news, Dan. The lady of the house went to a meeting tonight to talk about the new... I can't say in English glass fiber glass fiber what's no optic optic fiber optical fiber internet um wow. well, sadly the um <laughs> ironically actually the uh the meeting was moved to next week and no one got the email
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can make that stuff up <laughs> uh, welcome to
0: my village
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, so oh big news, ma- Dan, sorry. Email or snail mail? Um, sorry, no, we, no we all had
0: to go there and be told in person. <laughs> the Meetings next <laughs> week. One person was left there. The meeting's next week. All right. I, um, I had a moment of fame this week, Dan. You know, because oh, wow. I'm on that, on that YouTube thing now and again. Um, yeah, yeah. I got recognized by the lady at the recycling place in my village. Wow! Yeah, She's looking for um, guitar lessons for her daughter, and she looked up guitar YouTube and uh, Austria, and guess who popped up? Me. There you that go. Weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that was. I that mean, was a nice conversation. Yeah. So, are you giving lessons anytime in the future? No. no. Goodness, no. No. Goodness, no.
0: <laughs> no. I didn't wish that upon her. She'll end up buying ten rats, a couple of DS ones, and a Mustang. That's it. <laughs> seven, seven, possibly eight power Job chords. Done. <laughs> Job done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. It's so nice
0: to be back. I, um, I found last, last week's podcast a little stressful, you know, it was a busy week and things are going on yep. here. And quite honestly, I'm even busier this week than I was last week. However, <laughs> it's become normal now, you know, you know, when, when stress, not stress, but, um, lack of time becomes normal. Yep, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's nice to see you, Dan. It's nice to see everybody in the chat and, and know that we're reaching people. Uh, I'm quite excited. I haven't really spoken to anybody for a while. So excuse the verbal diarrhea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're going to try and break a record tonight, aren't we, Dan? Yep. Um, I believe we're going to
1: be ready with with the gear news by nine. Yeah, because John is waiting.
0: Yeah. So we've got 21 minutes and um, all right. So shall we start then? Let's go for guitar news news guitars um there was a guitar on the super bowl dan Hmm. and there's the wonderful picture that guitar.com provided
1: (laughs) which barely shows the guitar but it shows the hair great job
0: i mean beautiful hair beautiful hair quite quite jealous but that's her and she seems to be bringing guitar Um, again, to the forefront of musicians and young musicians and female musicians and all all doing all the right stuff. Um, I've got another picture just to show the guitar a bit better. There we go. Nice.
1: But that guitar um, had been released last year already, right?
0: I believe so. It's I've lost all track of time, but (laughs) I've just seen her stank face. Look at that face. Yeah. That's a guitar face.
1: Absolutely. And uh,
0: also, her playing reminded me so much of Prince. Have, have uh-huh. you seen the video? I just Only thought, parts. wow, that is yeah, 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 yeah. so Prince-like.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you just watch her performance or do you watch something else over the weekend? Mm.
0: No, I, I, um, what did they do? No, I was painting the walls. So I managed to catch this uh, on Sunday, Sunday evening, on Monday. I don't know. I <laughs> Actually, watched I was, it. I was,
1: that, yeah, the pun was intended because I was asking for the weekend because I'm a big the weekend fan. But that halftime show. Oh my goodness! Ooh, not good.
0: Not good. I, I, I'm not a big fan of sport generally, and especially sports that I don't understand. So, um. Basically, if it's not curling, I'm not interested. <laughs> That's my favorite sport. But we said we weren't going to spend too much time on the news. So there is her playing a Fender Strat, which is the same color as her fingernails. She's the only musician to have fingernails the same color as her guitar.
1: Nah. Come on.
0: All right, Mr. sorry, Quill Larry. Knows better. Sorry, Larry. So
1: do I. Come on.
0: But uh, from some, for some good news of bringing guitar to the forefront, we got a, a kind of sad news. Um... And that is. Yep. Uh, do you want to take this one?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, that was that was quite a a bomb in the in the community when uh, Mateo Osado decided to shut down his Instagram profile and kind of um, yeah, kind of step out of the whole social media game. And and that that kind of took me by yeah, kind of by surprise, but also kind of shocked me because he was one of the big winners from the whole social media and YouTube game, because he, he's one of those artists that was kind of unknown. And once that whole hype train started, he was basically everywhere. Yeah. And everyone knew Matteo Sassato and he was, he was, yeah, his production was always spot on, his videos. I mean, he, he was one of the big heroes. He had great tone, great playing, and he was a, yeah, he was a real character, basically. And uh, kind of seeing him have that, that sort of, I don't know, social media fatigue or... It kind of it, it kind of made me think a little bit about how you know what's important and also how the whole MI is currently you know winding up that the whole social media game because there's no alternative basically. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, you you are kind of right in the middle as a YouTuber. But what how do you assess the situation with Mateus? Um, firstly,
0: I don't put myself anywhere in the same club as Mateus because he's a music maker and I'm more a gear reviewer and silly person. Sure. So like a guitar is a tool for me it's, it's more entertainment um but i i've had the fatigue i've i'm, I'm on a roll at the moment with content uh, i'm really enjoying my my job i'm really enjoying what i'm doing but i get constantly refreshed by new gear and the pressure is on people like Mateus and like looking at people like jared Dines as well who, who have to co- uh, constantly come up with new ideas and fresh stuff to entertain and i'm excuse me, I chose the path where I have the prop, you know, the, the pedal or, or whatever. So, but I feel for him. I've, I've been there. Um, uh, mental health, we talk about a lot on this podcast, or we, or we try to, mm-hmm. and my mental health has not been great in the last year, as I'm sure many of us musicians haven't. Um, and I wish him all the best. I hope he comes back because I love his videos, but most importantly, and obviously we hope he's healthy and, and happy before he does so
1: hmm Fully agreed. Like yeah. you, it also kind of made, made me think about, you know, every one of us is so driven by kind of producing content. And when, in my role with Ibanez, I'm always looking for, you know, corporations and influencers that kind of have that kind of steady release of, of, of new content. And uh, it, it kind of puts a super uh, hard pressure on you if you have to deliver and basically, I mean, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but uh, with a player at, at Mateus level, I don't think that people are, are very forgiving if you, if you publish something that is not almost perfect, or let's say 99.9% perfect.
0: Well, it's, <sighs> it's the way I treat this podcast done. You know, that's why we kind of yeah. screw things up every now and again, just to make sure that we're not focused on perfection.
1: Well said. So I hope Mateus comes
0: back, and I hope he comes back healthy and happy. On to something happy, and something who, something, someone in the chat right now who listens to the podcast and watches the podcast is responsible for the next news item. So very quickly. Oh wow! This. Ooh. Uh, if you're listening to the what audio, is this, Andy. Um, well, by the way, if you're listening to the audio, Dan, we've got to make sure we describe what we see on screen because we've been yeah. guilty recently of going, "Oh, yeah. that's nice," and then not saying what it is. <laughs> yeah. That so I'll say, I'll a say what it made?
1: is. Okay,
0: it's a custom-made, homemade, homebrew <laughs> Boss Katana in a pedal format box. So imagine like a pedal board, but it's actually at the back. There's a Boss Katana amp. Uh, I think it's a 100. Um, and then heatsink on top and all metal on top and then the GAFC controller in the front all in one neatly sprayed black package and I think it looks awesome and then there's space on top for pedals as well which um, which uh, I've got to give the man his due. It's uh, Fergie in France is his username and his real name I won't give out because uh, I'm not sure if he wants to do that but he's been all over Facebook and the social medias because of this thing he created and I love it. I dig it so hard. I think it's brilliant, um, and it's so nice to see people being creative and being kind of
1: destructive <laughs> first. You know, it looks killer. You know, it, it reminds me as if uh, James Hetfield ordered a boss katana from from boss. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it, it makes absolute sense. And there's all you can't see them on the screen at the moment, and you definitely can't see them if you're listening to the podcast. But there's yeah. all connections on the back, so you can still plug in everything you would normally plug in. It's fantastic. There's obviously no speaker, um, but he's now modded the, the cab. So there's, there's more stuff to go. Um, ah, a... Fergie in France is in the chat and he says, yay, my katana. So yes, there you are. And just because he messaged me on Facebook and said, I'll tune in tonight. Maybe I'll get a mention. Maybe you did. <laughs> Dan, we have just over 10 minutes to get the um, the, the gear out of the way. Shall we do my pick of the week? Yeah, sure. Here we go then. Andy's pick, pick of the, of the week. week My pick of the week. Uh, another uh, boss uh, product, another boss product. Um, yeah. We're back again, Dan. I think maybe the third time with the TB2W tone bender uh, with solar sound from Boss, Wazacraft reading things that are on the screen in front of my face. Um, <laughs> 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 there is a special reason that I'm bringing this back, and well, there's two reasons. Number one, uh, it's been announced, so it was pre-sales and, and pre-orders. And um, number two, I guess, is that I ordered it. Um, All right. So, I ordered one. Uh, as far as I know, it's paid for. Uh, I don't do things okay. like checking my, my bank balance or something. That's scary. But uh, <laughs> put the order in. So what's, it will be coming. It's a delivery date? How many weeks I think, days i think months. may i think may
1: okay it may arrive
0: it may yeah oh dear um oh. the important news is that they're only making three thousand because of uh apparent lack of parts because there are certain magic parts you know that don't just grow on magic trees
1: all right l- l- give me a second
0: <laughs> Damn, that,
1: that, that might be good investment actually
0: <laughs> I think you're just a little too late. Yeah, Dan, I I got one that you didn't this time. Uh, I missed out on the gold tube screamer. So I'm going for this one. But that is my first pick. My second pick is this, which is not a guitar. It's not an amp. (laughs) It's not a pedal. What is it? Dan, what can you see this describe to the people of the
1: podcast what you see on your screen right now? sir. I see like a bulletproof laptop with multiple add on monitors, and I have no clue what it's for. It looks as if it's been taken from the, the, the filming process of the next Avengers movie or something like that. That's crazy. What is that? It's I,
0: I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. So X panscape Aurora seven, seven being for the fact that it has seven screens, they're not add on that all folds down into a 15 kilogram Sh- laptop. Wow. Uh, it's got so, super duper processors. It is like for, I don't know, video editing, audio production, taking things to the moon and back.
1: Who knows? Yeah. But there's Intel a laptop I9 with seven screens. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, yeah. Crazy. Hey, and two batteries allow for two hours of unplugged use. Two whole <laughs> hours. That's enough time to get one tenth of the way to the moon.
0: Uh, actually, um, I could you could probably write an ambient album in that time. That'd be quite cool. or i could do one take of one of my videos
1: (laughs) there you go yeah i wonder if tom is already ordering that thing because he's doing all the amazing videos
0: well if you do want to order it tom you have to contact them get this contact them for pricing and sign an nda before they tell you how much it is (laughs) i know i know cheers Alright, my next pick is this. It's a tuner, Dan, the most exciting of all pedals. It's from Dodario. I've forgotten what they've named it. But the kind of special thing this has is that it's got a clock in it, a countdown timer to tell you how long is left of your set. Okay, which I'm getting like deja vu, I'm sure this already existed, or there existed a, a clock in a pedal format. And I've been in a situation where I've had to you know, been in timed sets and, and um, you know, in between the, the bar mitzvahs and the weddings and stuff, and you only got like 10 minutes before the speeches. So you've really got to keep it tight. I kind of like the idea, but I don't know if I if I if I would do that. What are your first yeah. thoughts, Dan? Um, I
1: don't know. It's just I use my I use my smartphone for gigs. If I like if, if I get 30 minutes Mm-hmm. it's just i'm using my smartphone and then once i get notified uh, that will be the, the thing with with that is i think it's got also an internal buffer yes and i find it even more interesting because that is quite an uh, additional value but the timer itself um, i think but you it's can't the turn
0: timer. the buffer off it's un, un- yeah. unbufferable. it's non unbufferable unbufferable unbuff it's buffered- bufferable unbufferless <laughs> All right, but they've also released something else, which, ladies and gentlemen of the guitar world, you might be seeing the first fight between Dan and I. It's the extendable pointless pedal board. <laughs> Sorry, I had a little cough then. Um, an extendable pedal board, and we have—I have like two minutes to talk about this. And Dan, it's my pick, but please, please tell us about the Daddario extendable. Or expand pedal
1: board. Well, I think the the information that they provided is, is rather scarce. But uh, so far, it's uh, a pedal board that's expandable to double its size.
2: That's and, not double.
1: Uh, that's like, a, is, that's right? like
0: half. I guess fifty percent.
1: Oh, I, I was I was under the impression that they only showed like a part that they that you can actually like. Oh, go out like the whole way. No, I. I don't know. I thought that was the maximum where it comes
0: out like half again. So you're adding like 50%. I could be wrong. Hmm. If I am wrong, I'm more interested and less negative about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, one key point is definitely it, it comes with velcro and Whoa! Uh, yeah, well, no, 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 <laughs> oh But my it, there's goodness. Enough, enough clearance that the velcro can slide inside the pedal board because then for me, it really is additional value because you could buy one pedal board and then you decide okay i've got a gig where i need a little bit less so you buy another one there you go a smaller one with that one you can you know expand or shrink it to your personal like the gig requirements or your personal taste so i think there's an added value to it and so far i don't think that any manufacturer has done it so that's kind of cool
0: you know i'm coming around to it the way you put that then there you go. Because I was coming at it from a, my pedal board is fixed for every gig. And I hadn't considered that different gigs require different boards. And rather than owning <laughs> two boards. Yeah. But the thing is, the way I'm coming from it is that if you can expand the board, then why not expand the board and fill it with more pedals, you know?
1: Yeah, but if you're traveling, sometimes you've got some limitations, and you've got to restrict yourself and have some called some sort of fly rig or, you know, and, and even if you if even if you just like you, you come to that situation where you have your pedal board, and everything is fixed. And then you want to include a new one you just want to replace like one pedal yeah and then all of a sudden that pedal is maybe one centimeter too wide and then everything is screwed whereas if you can just slide it a little bit further out
0: yeah but there's like there's like a little lip in between the two sections so yeah come on come on
1: now you're nitpicking yeah
0: but you you just (laughs) said that you could put a pedal over the border of the pedal board so it goes onto the extra bit but it couldn't because there's a little lip in between it
1: no, but if you if you already have expanded it a little bit and then you decide you want it a, a little bit more, yeah, I don't know. I I kind of like the idea. I always like if you if you're flexible and if uh, you know it's from the Dario, so I assume it's well made. It's probably yes, very simple. Yes, I'll sturdy. give them that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I yep. love the Dario stuff, so, and I normally love geeky accessory things, but there's something about this I I can't get over the the the, the hump. So, uh, but anyway, um, it's your it's your pick of the week, Dan. Are you ready? Yeah. Dance, pick of the week. Dance, pick of the week. It's your pick of the week, nice. and up first we have this.
1: <laughs> How cool is that, right? <laughs> so it's it, and this is like my pick of the week just for visuals. There's no point in in having, you know. There's no point in actually having to create that item just for fun. You know, it's just pretty much the same Blackstar Fly, what's the name? Fly 3 mini rig. Yep. So the mini amplifier, 3 watts. And uh, I think they didn't change anything except for the color. But it's cool. It's neon and it looks like an Ibanez jam. There you go. I mean, it goes super well with your Pia, your gem of choice. Uh, you can either buy it in neon gr- yellow, neon green or pink, neon pink. I like the design. I, the only question that I had is, if you purchase just one, does it still look as amazing as if you have all three next to each other?
0: A very good point.
1: Yeah, it's the same with, with Ibanez jam guitars. Or PS. Do you know you've said
0: Ibanez at least four times now, and we're only we're not. It's not even nine o'clock in our time, so we're in the first <laughs> half an hour. Uh, we have I'm less sorry. time, so do you mind if we move all on right. to the next one? Yeah. Yep, 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 uh, The next one, come on. This one could have been mine, in all fairness.
1: I know, I know. And that was kind of an interesting leak, because uh, there were a couple shops, I think in Canada and US, that already kind of put that in their web shops, and it's Defender Acoustasonic Jazzmaster. How cool is that, right? And apparently they have uh, a couple cool finishes like the matte black finish and the turquoise finish and also the natural is kind of sexy and i really i'm not, I'm not a, a big jazz master fan but uh, the more i look at it the more it grows to me and uh yeah i mean there was a lot of skepticism and hate when that guitar got released and i think we've already seen uh leading people in the industry kind of shit talking about the acoustasonic but um i like it and i think uh, they they added the stratocaster acoustasonic and that kind of added to the appeal and now they're kind of even stepping up the game with uh, the the jazz master i like it yeah
0: i need to go on record now as saying i never had an issue with the Acoustasonic. never Yep. i i didn't yep. say i wouldn't say i loved it i quite liked it that i like even more because of the bigger body makes me think that it's going to be a better sounding acoustic
1: sure i mean if you it's supposed to 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 blend together the electric and the acoustic uh, side of things but to be to be honest i mean it's definitely leaning more towards the acoustic game compared to the electric game mm. but still it it plays nice if if you can afford it it's 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 probably a very interesting model to add to your collection but it's not cheap uh, i think the telecaster yeah
0: yeah it's it's
1: prohibitively expensive yeah yeah so yeah are they I wonder are they all made in US or are there also some acoustics made in Mexico? Do you know?
0: I do not know. I do not know, but I do know oh. that they were made in Corona because I was at the factory in the room before they were released and they were all there and all the Fender guys were like, "Oh, look at all this new stuff." And uh, it was quite exciting to be honest, but I I'm going <laughs> to guess they're all American made.
1: All right. Okay, so they're probably clocking in around 2k.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think isn't it like 1600 they're going at the moment for the the original only once. Yeah, yeah. No, I but think they have, say saying, they have
1: increased prices a little bit, so I would assume maybe seven, seventeen hundred or eighteen hundred. But yeah,
0: old man Zen is in the chat saying they're all U.S. models, hence the price. So yeah, all right, um, cool. And your final thing, sir.
1: Yeah, and that. Oh,
0: i oh, got that? a whole mix, whole mix of pictures here. Mix. There we go.
1: Now, yeah, there you go. Duesenberg released a couple of very interesting models, and one that caught my eye was the Jeff DeRosa Alliance Signature Model. Um, it's basically the, the signature uh, derivative of the a new model that they released, which is called the Senior. Can you slide a couple pictures through? Yeah, sure. So you can see some more.
0: There we go. There's another one.
1: That's a close up of the Signature Guitar, and that is the Senior. One more. One more. I'm trying. I'm, believe me, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's basically pretty much, a, ah! pretty much the same idea. Ah! Yeah, there you go. So it's a one pickup guitar, and that, that pickup is on the bridge position. It looks pretty much like a kind of Les Paul, melody maker mashup with a little bit of art deco elements to it. Yeah. Um, What is so cool is they they call that pickup the Split King pickup. So you can switch between a real humbucker and a real single mode with some dummy coils. Oh, nice! So I really like like that idea, and um, usually those kind of Duesenberg guitars they really have their have a unique sound. But what really caught my eye was definitely the visuals, because I think uh, for um, for the Rosa, for Jeff De Rosa, he's uh, one of the guitarists in uh, Dropkick Murphys. Mm-hmm. They already did a signature guitar in the same color last uh, last year that was based on one of their regular models, and for this year they're kind of releasing that more stripped down and more let's say more punky. Um, signature guitar and that's that's kind of nice i like that greenish finish it's almost like yeah, a, a, a flip flop color and then also the other ones the, the golden one or the black one i mean they're they're lacking the inlays but they still look pretty cool and pretty rock and roll so i i can totally see for instance mike ness from um, social distortion play one of these so that would totally fit the yeah. bill I,
0: I like the is it a gold top or whatever it looks like a gold top on the top. Yeah. I, I like the belly curve yeah. the belly the, on the body like yeah, a big yeah big, big fan of of those slight belly curves. And even on Gibson Les Paul's when they do them right on that it looks stunning when they have those nice little curves.
1: No, yeah, yeah, I really like those. And they're made in uh, Hannover, Germany. So interesting, interesting alternative. If you're looking for a quirky looking guitar,
0: I really wish McKeel was here. And he's not. Because he would have a lot to say on this. And I have to shout out to McKeel because he'll be listening to the podcast at some of point. Um, Michiel, I'd like you to join us sometime and talk about Duesenberg guitars, because he has a, a very strong opinion on Duesenberg. guitars. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, we have a new feature. We're going to bring in the legendary John Gomb very soon. But before we do, uh, I'm reaching out now to you in the live chat, reaching out, holding hands. I, I'm getting the name begins with F. <laughs> That's me. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I was going back to the seance thing that you posted on uh, on Instagram the other day. Um, we want you to choose, people in the live chat, the pick of the picks. What is your favorite pick of all six picks this week? So, was it Dan's Black Star Fly 3? Was it the Acoustasonic Jazzmaster? Is it this Dusenberg? Uh And was it one of mine, the Boss TB2W, the other ones that I talked about? Because <laughs> I've forgotten already what I chose. <laughs> <laughs> what did I choose? <laughs> Yeah, that, uh... Oh, the Daddario pedalboard and or tuner and the seven-screen Aurora laptop. Um, I want to know, <laughs> uh, let us know in the chat what you think is the pick. And while you do that, I'm going to play you a new little song. What's going to lose? What will they choose? Which gear is pick of the picks? <laughs>
2: So that's hilarious. I
0: am dying to get John gone on the podcast and um, we're running almost on time, but I need to give this out to the people. We have one vote for the Jazzmaster Acoustasonic. There you go. That's that's tidy. Uh, so, so far, Jazzmaster, that'll do it then right move on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we get two votes for the Katana floorboard, which is definitely the winner for me personally.
0: It was in the news because... section, not in the gear section, but
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But Fair I'm enough. more than happy to give that a winner because it's our first pick of the pick, and that means I don't lose.
1: <laughs> I didn't know it was a competition. It's not a competition, but I'm winning. <laughs> All right, I think everyone decided on the on the katana floor, so we will give uh, that to uh, Fergie.
0: Okay, Fergie, um, in hey, France. W- wait a second. it
1: just has been just just has been disqualified because he voted for his own product (laughs) i see here fergie in front says katana floor
0: yeah but don't politicians vote for themselves
1: yeah well fair enough okay
0: i mean (laughs) if it was me i'd be voting for myself (laughs) Um, sure thing yeah all All right
1: right. okay um super excited let's get john on the on the podcast um how
0: do we do it? We are gonna do this a little bit special because we're running with Skype at the moment, and Skype causes massive issues when we start a new call. When we add someone to the call, sorry. Um I'm sure it's not Skype to blame. I'm sure it's something with me just to get me out of, you know, getting in trouble with Microsoft because they're listening. <laughs> but uh what I'm gonna do, unprecedented, I'm gonna kick Dan out of the podcast and bring him back in. I know. I know. So we're you. we're gonna be Danless for a moment. But um <laughs> This is our main scene, and uh, oh, look, the, the guest thing has gone all the way up there. I'm going to bring that down there, and what I'll do is, Dan, you're going to have to hang up the call, and I will bring you and John, hopefully, back in a group chat. And if you're See listening you bit- to the audio podcast, you, uh, you won't know this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dan, I'm hanging up on you. Goodbye. Right, Dan's gone. Let's all say nasty things about Ivanes. As if we would. As if we would. So... Um, I need to add a, a new call. And you've got to bear with me now. Uh, and this is my first time meeting john. So I'm very excited. Dan is back. Uh, I'm back. Dan is back. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be joined by john in a moment. If not, then it's absolutely only my fault. Um, I'm sure Dan has another method of contact with him.
1: Nope. <laughs> Tom has. <laughs> Tom, Tommy, you still Tom there? <laughs>
0: um, so, Dan, I've been listening to John's music. If you're not aware of who John Gom is, um, Dan, give him a little uh, a little plug, because you would definitely sum it up better than I can.
1: Uh, well, John is a UK-based modern fingerstyle acoustic guitar player who uh, kind of got also on the radar for a lot of people uh, through his viral video called Passion Flower. There he is
0: hello so um hi dan you're now on screen and the I, people in the live chat are gonna let us know if there is an echo at all um and once okay. we've sorted the tech issues that will okay okay
2: okay 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 exactly <laughs>
0: uh people okay. in the right. chat, um let us know if there's an echo let us know if the audio is absolutely fantastic and then we may carry on with john and i'm very excited no echo at the moment
1: thank no, you no echo excellent we can go in that case yeah. everybody
0: welcome to the guitar storage podcast mr john gom hi hi thanks for having me <laughs> thank you so much for joining us first thing john apologies for having to cancel on you uh, a few weeks ago when we had a snowstorm here in austria it just it wasn't happening i, I will never forgive you <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> that makes me a little bit sad because I've been listening to your music
2: since back then and especially today. I know. I sound nicer in my songs, I think. I sound like a nicer, <laughs> Almost angelic, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So have, have you two yeah.
0: met before, Dan and, and John?
1: Yeah, once. Uh, I, once, yeah. At I, Guitar Summit. Actually that's right, With Tom yeah. and Martin, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. With my friend, my really good friend Tom Quayle was there. Um, I've known Tom for 20 years, approximately. And uh, he was actually in my wife's class at music college um, (laughs) a really long time ago. And yeah, I was like uh, a couple of years older. And um, yeah, and then Tom's gotten on to be like this truly incredible kind of fusion genius and uh, yeah it's cool that we're both still playing guitar for a living and doing that you know and having some success a little bit <laughs> here and there and we ha- both have daughters the same age that we both have four-year-olds and they play with each other all the time and uh yeah we, it, we're we good friends it's great
0: that is so lovely. that's good he was I in the chat he was watching it. I know oh, he's him. back again i thought he he'd left <laughs> he's a, so he's saying I mean, you're considering
1: old. considering considering you're playing like different instruments like acoustic guitar and uh, and electric guitar mostly uh, do you ever get some time to actually jam or is it yeah, we've done that a little know, bit family?
2: there's a video on YouTube, yeah. but it's really old now. it's like I don't know how old, but it must be like it's before we had kids <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a video of us playing one of my songs so with my stuff. I don't really jam, you know. I, uh-huh, yeah, it's yeah. I have to play the songs. If if I start improvising too much within the songs, then it's it's pretty much impossible because you know I'm in a different tuning for almost every song that I play. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we, when me and Tom play together, he basically has to learn one of my songs. <laughs> he has to learn one of my songs. <laughs> some of them are really complicated. Some of them are really easy, but he can handle it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, um, Dan was kind of summarizing your music and what you do, and then you joined us. And I think maybe, Dan, you could just. Should we, should we let John do that? That might be. Maybe see if he's got yeah. his elevator pitch sorted out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. No, I don't have a pitch. I'm not that kind of uh, music- <laughs> musician. But what I do basically is that um, I'm a singer songwriter. I play acoustic guitar and sing. Um, but I play guitar in an. Unnecessarily flashy way The whole time (laughs) So so I just have these kind of dual Universes that I live inside Um, Like uh, You know I want to be Jeff Buckley or um, Joni Mitchell But I also want to be um, Michael Hedges One of my great uh, acoustic guitar Virtuoso heroes or Steve Vai who's one of my Electric guitar Virtuoso Heroes or Joe Satriani. And I don't play, you know, shred electric guitar anymore, but I do shred occasionally on the acoustic guitar. But also just my approach is that kind of progressive approach. So even though I'm working in a slightly different field, I'm not playing kind of rock metal and I'm not playing, you know, mostly instrumental music. I do play instrumentals too, but um, even though I'm working in a different field, my approach is inspired by those heroes from the kind of electric guitar world. So I'm, I'm very progressive in the way that I approach playing guitar and making music.
1: And you've just released a new album. I to have.
2: To pitch it a little bit. <laughs> I have. Ah, oh, which one is? Oh, is that the book or the? Is that vinyl? What is that?
1: That's a vinyl. It's a yeah, vinyl. vinyl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That so yeah, there's
2: it. a because there's a big there's a big book as well, which is pretty much the same size as that. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the album and that's the one with the um my favorite thing about the vinyl is on the on it has two discs but it only has um three sides of music. There's side A, side B, side C and then on side D there's some artwork etched. Yeah it's really hard to see it oh, on wow. camera. But there's artwork etched into the vinyl. It's um I'm really, really proud of it. You know, it's uh it's very pretty. Um yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. Um, so yeah, the album is, uh, it's mostly original stuff, but there's actually a couple of covers on, but they're not famous covers that you would know necessarily straight away what they are. Um, they're just songs that friends of mine have written that I really love. And um, yeah, so, but it's mostly original stuff, songs about kind of my life over the past few years, which has been a mixture of uh, Tragedy and amazing joy, and trying to put that into the music, and it's quite emotionally raw. It's very honest, <laughs> and mm. um, yeah, and I've tried to do things with the guitar where I think I found a voice really with the with this record, where I um, I no longer try to really take things from other guitarists, which is something that I've always done, and everybody does. Um, We're all kind of magpies stealing little bits from every other bird's nest, but recently I found that I have everything that I want for now, and um, I kind of have my own approach to the guitar now, which I think is different to anybody else's, so I'm going to stay here for a little while. So, and then we'll see what happens after that
1: and I think I, I commented I commented on the, one of your posts already that some of the songs while they don't give away their meaning immediately after you, you listen to them a couple times it all unfolds right in front of your like inner eye and then for instance um, Cocoon is something I have a four year old daughter myself it's something I could Relate immediately to, yeah. Uh, And the more I was thinking about that, the more I was putting myself into your position. What was he thinking when he was writing that song? The more I can or could relate to to that, and I think that's that's kind of what's what makes this album so unique because it's so personal. Mm -hmm. But if you just listen to it like once or twice, it it you know you don't uh, decipher that immediately. Mm -hmm. But then it just like like I said, it unfolds, and then you you get it. Yeah, it's really beautiful.
2: That's what I mean. That's. I guess what music is. You know, you want it to be kind of like, I I don't write songs where the meaning is is like too too obvious, but then it's also not supposed to be a puzzle. It's supposed to be something which reveals itself, but it happens inside you when you're listening to it. That's the only place that it can happen. I mean, the whole point of music is to do that, is to reach inside people and twist it and change whatever's inside them. and that can be in a fun way, or it can be in a kind of emotional way that make, or a way that makes them think about something in a different way. And um, you know, it's uh, it it's something that I had to accept that I was allowed to do, because it's uh, for all my career, I've mostly been known as um, like <laughs> just the virtuoso guitar guy is what I'm mostly known for like sometimes i would see a poster for a gig and it would say the amazing john gom like i was uh, like a magician exactly the amazing john gom <laughs> come and see what this guy does with the guitar you know um but then i'd started to get um people telling me at gigs or sending me messages or whatever saying yeah this song um you know helped me a lot through a bad situation. This song saved my life. I've had a few times, um, yeah. which is, uh, it's funny. I, I, I'm i from the north of England. In the north of England, we try not to take ourselves too seriously, which is hard for me because I'm very pretentious. But my friends and family don't let me do that. So I remember one time this guy emailed me and said, if it wasn't for your, uh, he said that he was an, a- an addict and um, he was uh, clean for like a week, uh, really, early, pretty early stages, and he was going to, you know, take his drugs that day, Um, but then he heard, he listened to one of my songs, and he didn't have to take the drugs anymore, and I was like, wow, that's really, really amazing, and I told my my little brother about that, and uh, I said, you know, that's really incredible, I feel like I have a purpose for my music, and he could just tell that it was getting into my head a little bit too much, and he said to me, yeah, John. If you really cared about that then you wouldn't be a musician you'd just be a nurse working with addicts in a <laughs> hospital. Oh. Do you know what I mean? so it's like it really matters but it's only music. <laughs> it's very important but it's only music. Yeah.
0: And then he brings in the guitar exactly on time. Oh okay. Oh no shit. <laughs> that was unintentional. Is that um, do you do you yeah. sometimes treat a guitar like um like being behind it, like the guitar is uh, yeah, something to sit. I behind. hide,
2: I hide all the time, and I'm one of those people who I I never used the guitar to sh- to look uh, to show off mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So I used to take my guitar to school every day, um, and I used to have to hide it in school because I wasn't allowed to take it. And um, this was, you know, like, I think, you know, would have been like my Telecaster or something, my my Telecaster copy. You know, it was really, really cheap guitar that I had, really bad. That one was bad that I'm thinking of now. And um, <laughs> I uh, put it, you know, somewhere where I'd hide it away. And when I would get it out, people would want to listen to me, which I found really I didn't want them to listen to me, and also some people would be annoyed, like I was showing off, and I found that very confusing because all I wanted to do was go into my little world uh, and just be alone. Um, and I think a lot of guitar players experience that and find it difficult then to be a performer. You know, some guys seem born to it, but um, to performing, and some guys they they don't. You know. I kind of came from the other
0: side. I was in a band before I could play an instrument, so (laughs) (laughs) I never did that. But I have great respect for that
2: approach as well.
0: Well, I have respect for someone who can actually play the guitar. (laughs) Uh,
2: I love, I love like like most of my friends. When I like outside of school, just my town happens to be a punk town. Hence, I have you know the silly hair sometimes, and I have um, that punk stuff. And you know, I grew up listening to um, like. I guess bands at that time would have been like um I don't know like Green Day very very early and uh and rancid and those bands, but I grew up listening to like my favorite was always the slits, I don't know if you know who they are a yeah. British punk band from uh early eighties they were amazing, but um yeah, they couldn't really play or they if they could play they they hid it extremely well. <laughs>
0: but they had a style and they, they knew what they were doing and, and they certainly yeah, again amazing, like any yeah. any successful band has something and they do that well and it doesn't mean they have to be a virtuoso or they have to be the greatest songwriter but they have to have that brand it and depends what you
2: mean by successful i think i think there's some very very successful uh bands out there who um maybe they do know what they're doing but it's uh it's very poor, <laughs> so, but I shouldn't say that. You have to be careful, but you know. I agree definitely. You, but in that case, they, they d- definitely yeah.
0: know what they're doing because they're, yeah, they yeah, yeah, do. That's true. No, as, well, eating, I, as I got through my, my answer, I
2: suddenly realised that you had covered that already in your in the way that you phrased it. So I yeah, <laughs> didn't say they were good. <laughs> Um, i just want to
0: say to the people in the live chat because we are live right now on youtube that um, if you've got any questions for john or any favorite songs or anything you want to talk about or maybe he also saved your life and we can explode his ego in this chat um then that would be nice if you brought it up (laughs) if you haven't listened to john's music yet i urge you to and you're actually allowed to do that sort of on a phone or something whilst we're doing this live chat just so you can get a feel for, for john's music and um, speaking of a feel for John's music, uh, John, my my girlfriend is a yoga instructor and a yogi, and she does yoga a lot. Um, and she, normally she has to put up with me playing guitar and loud guitar. And sometimes I play something where uh, tastes sort of crossover, and then sometimes it's super ambient, which she loves. Mm-hmm. And your your track, uh, Passion Flower, today I was playing that uh, on the family speaker, and she just sort of ran in and said, What's that? I need to use that in my next lesson. And, oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, so it really she's a very emotional person and a very um open hearted person. And uh yeah, that touched her like instantly. And um and she's Austrian so she speaks English better than I do. But um sometimes the lyrics and, and Dan might agree with this that lyrics aren't always the first thing you grab onto in oh, a song. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um but she she's been she's upstairs researching it now so <laughs>
2: Cool. She might actually be watching. Oh, that's really nice. Hello, love. Well, um, I do yoga, too. It's uh, it's really good. But I can't listen to music while I do yoga. Um, I did try when I was first starting doing yoga. But, um, but now I listen to um, nothing. Otherwise, I find it too distracting. But you know what it's like sometimes being a musician listening to music has a different effect on you because you start thinking about it. You can't really help yourself. You start analyzing and it can become like um, a job almost in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to avoid that sometimes. So, so when you're doing yoga, you can't take the risk of that really.
1: Yeah.
0: But actually with, with your you music, John, um, I was so confused from <laughs> from a from a, musician, from a guitar player's point of view. It was so out of my comfort zone. That okay. I actually, I could listen to it. I totally agree with what you just said, but I could the listen analysis to analysis
2: was just a pointless, yeah. a pointless attempt. Yeah. It was like
0: trying to <laughs> analyze cheese or something. You know, I don't know what's in it. It doesn't matter. You can analyze cheese. You can totally
2: analyze cheese. But, <laughs> but I, people I do it. It must do.
0: But I, I don't care. I just want to eat it. You know. <laughs> but what I mean is, with your music, I just want to hear it. <laughs>
2: uh.
0: Um, yeah okay that's nice <laughs> uh, basically your, your music is cheese is what I'm saying but not, not cheese yeah well music. sometimes <laughs>
1: <laughs> so John are you a very analytical person when it comes to writing music or be, or are you like driven by a melody and then you compose the rest
2: okay you see What's so like I think both of those can be the same so I am really analytical but it, uh, that can come out in different ways basically when I write there's there's two stages to it there's two separate parts Um, One is without the guitar. So Uh that can be quite instinctive, but not always. Sometimes I have like theoretical ideas that I come up with and it could be that I've come up, uh, that I think of words or a melody, or um, it could be that I think of uh, a feel, like a a tempo with a, a groove, or it might be that I hear a chord or a scale that I like the sound of and I think I wanna use that sound and that sound starts just living inside my head for a long time. And um, that can actually be quite a quick process sometimes as well, the, the writing. And then I'll pick up the guitar and start arranging. Um, but by the time I do that, the song is pretty much finished or at least I know exactly what I want it to feel like when it's finished. I don't wanna say sound like, cause I might change the sound, I might change the odd note or chords or whatever, but I know what it's, the song is supposed to kind of be. Um, so then when I pick up the guitar, then it can become really painstaking and very analytical. I mean, the first thing I have to do is decide how I'm gonna tune the guitar for that song. Yeah. And that process yeah. can take a really long time. Sometimes I get really lucky and I just come up, up with the right tuning. And that straight away is, a, is an analytical thing. So I have to think, right, okay, what key is this thing in approximately, you know? A, give or take a, a, a few notes up and down. And then, okay, if it's in that key, where do I want the? Where do I want, for example, the open bass string to appear? Do I want that to be in the song at the start or not? Um, so then I'll have to start thinking about what I want to tune the other strings to, and that can be quite theoretical. So if the song is in you know a certain key, then I'll tune the strings to fit the scale or whatever, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but that's. <laughs> that can take a few days just to figure that out before I even play a note, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's complex.
1: Was that a approach that you already chose when you were playing the electric guitar? No, or was that something that that kind of okay?
2: No, I never played electric guitar in different tunings and stuff. No, um, but oh, wow. okay. yeah, no, I I have a um, you know, I'm very kind of qualified. I have a lot of music education, um, of playing, you know, learning. Um, I went to college with Tom Quayle. You know, we we went to the same school. So, um, and I went to the Guitar Institute for three years before that. So that was all standard tuning, learning, you know, jazz theory, learning um, loads of different styles of guitar playing, um, kind of session type approach of learning lots of different techniques. Um, So yeah, I have that background, but um, then I just decided that I don't know. With with acoustic guitar I could be totally my own I uh, just creative thing and not have to worry about anybody else. So yeah, that was just my approach. Um yeah. I've got some questions from the chat if I'm a chat
0: if I may, John. Yeah. Uh Valeria would like to know at what moment did you realise that you had found your style and was it writing your latest album?
2: Yeah, it it was. So thanks Valeria. Um Yeah, it it was writing the latest album for sure. Um, It just felt different to the other things that I'd done before. Um, I just felt like the way that I was approaching the guitar was a way that nobody else was probably doing it and nobody else would would do it. And I don't know how big or small those differences are, but I think it almost helps me that there's the whole um, finger style world has evolved in the past kind of 10 years. And um, there's a very certain kind of way that people play and they use lots of different techniques, but it is it is quite traditional finger style with other things added. And I never approached the guitar like that on acoustic guitar. I always wanted to make finger style just one aspect of the technique. Mm-hmm. So there's loads of songs that I have where I don't do anything that could be called finger style I don't actually pluck the strings in a regular way um, and I've always felt that I should do that that I should play more traditional things and proper guitar but then more recently I just decided no I, I don't care about that anymore so like most of the techniques on my new album are extended techniques most of it is tapping percussive you know harmonics And I do occasionally pluck strings as well, but just not
0: that often. Do you
2: think, like with the release
0: of the album, the things that musicians um, need to do to promote music these days, which is not just making the music, have you done or will you ever do a a masterclass or anything on the technique
2: that you use or techniques? Um, So I have videos that you can get. Do you mean I haven't done a live? I haven't done a, a live masterclass or, but I probably will do that at some point. Um, so, I mean, there's who knows what you have to do these days. What still, what's really important is touring, which I haven't been able to do, sadly. Um, so that's 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 really sad. You know, it's really really hard. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of the other promotion stuff that musicians feel they have to do, I kind of. People say, what should you do? And I kind of say, just don't worry about it because nobody tells them that and it's the most important thing. And it's the hardest thing to do as well is to not not worry so much about it because there's people who are much more famous than me and they are less popular than me on, say, Facebook. It doesn't mean, you you can't count your success by the number of likes something gets, or even the number of plays, Um, because that's not the only way that people listen to music and you don't know what impact you're having. So I just wouldn't think about it in that way. Just, you know, keep doing what you want to do is the most important thing. And that doesn't mean just play the music you wanna play. It also means, you know, deliver the music in the way you want to deliver it. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person who can create a new video for Instagram every couple of days or something because mm-hmm. I want everything that I put on the internet to be everything that I kind of release to be a finished thing. So all my videos are produced to, you know, a certain a certain way that I, I'm happy with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just my approach. I, and, but the pressure is there to do something else, but I just don't do it. So, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I'll, I do things, I do things. So, um, but there's, there's different ways. The way that I interact with promotion is often to talk about the music um, and talk about what it means and mm-hmm. try and communicate with people in a more intellectual and emotional way. Rather than just constantly creating content, because there's a lot of content, and not all of it is, or well, most of it isn't, isn't that exciting? Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, mm-hmm. sadly, yes. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it, it's the pressure is there to keep keep creating it. So yeah, it's. Uh, anyway, maybe I'm very old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, well we've been talking about that at the, at the beginning no, no, no. we have been um, tackling the uh, Matteo Sassato statement that he wanted to oh god you know, I, pull just back saw, from, I just saw that, yeah. i just saw that yeah i just
2: my friend just put that on his facebook and uh, yeah i mean i don't know um, him at all um, but he's obviously i've seen his playing and he's absolutely amazing um, yeah, but it, it's funny because I always watch his videos and how beautiful they are, and how well made they are and how great they look yeah. and think, wow, this guy, I don't know how he does that. He must just, you know, maybe he's got somebody there with him who films everything, or which I know some people do. I, You know, friends, friends of mine, they have a lot of help, you know, with making stuff or who knows. But I think, you know, by the sounds of it, he's probably doing most of it on his own. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, it's, it sounds really hard it's so hard to create something new a new arrangement or a new composition every week or even every couple of weeks it's not a normal way to create music that i'll happily play every night and do a gig every night and perform every night that's no problem but Mm -hmm. man to do something completely new and create something new there's there's only so much that you can do really yeah. Especially if you're
0: you're digging deep to as we as you said in the beginning about reaching inside someone and, and twisting it. If you're as the creator, you kind of have to do that to yourself as well when you're creating. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. there's only so many times you can reach inside yourself and twist in a certain yeah, amount of time. Yeah, you need
2: a break. You need a break. And do you know what I'm doing right now, which um I haven't told anybody, but it, nothing you won't see anything for a long time, but I'm doing some covers. So it's funny the fingerstyle world is full of people playing instrumental versions of you know songs that people may know Um, Mm -hmm. and it's become you know incredibly popular to do that Um, and i've not really done that for a a very long time but i decided actually i i want to do that now because i just don't want the stress and the emotional trauma of creating writing anything for a little while so I'm taking some songs that I love and I'm arranging them and I'm kind of thinking about what Valeria asked me about finding your own kind of voice on the guitar. So I'm doing these instrumental arrangements and they are very different to anybody else's fingerstyle guitar arrangements because I'm using techniques that most people don't use, you know. So they're really different. So that's my that's what I'm working on at the moment um and it's really fun. It's just really there's no pressure and it's really Nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: That's good to hear.
1: I think yeah, that's a good approach. Definitely to avoid that kind of fatigue that we've been talking about. Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do. I didn't like
2: think. Oh, I better take a break now. I just had this really strong urge to like. I really want to arrange a couple of songs, you know. So, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So, will we be hearing those at some point? I'm not even going to say what they are yet because... No, no, but... but. I really want to keep it secret. I really want to keep it secret. I don't know if they're that famous as well, so maybe I'm, kill- I'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit because <laughs> when you're doing these arrangements, you're supposed to do, you know, the the biggest hits by the biggest bands. But um, yeah. these are not... Maybe not that famous, but they're songs that I think are... You know, that I really love. And the songs that I can hear on the guitar straight away as soon as I hear them, so but I can't say what they are.
0: <laughs> I hate that. I, th-
2: I like
1: the approach. I'm really sorry. Really like it's, I'm approach. not <laughs> trying to be <laughs> it. know uh, I hate it, it as well. I really hate <laughs> it when people do that. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you something. There's there's an electronic thing, not to what I'm playing, wow. but to the, the music. There's a kind of, yeah, they might not be what you would expect. They're not kind is of guitar songs. Is it songs.
0: Smack My Bitch Up? No, I would never. <laughs> okay. Do. I
2: really think so. Oh, no. Is that the Prodigy? Who's that by?
0: That's the Prodigy, yeah. Yeah. In case you ever do, I, I'd like a, a little liner note. You know, <laughs> okay. Inspired by... <laughs> <laughs> okay. John, can we talk gear? Because I'm an absolute gear freak. And um, okay. if you wouldn't mind, I also know you have some new gear, as in a new guitar. and. um I do. Because we have Dan here, of course, um, we need to talk about the big I. Uh, I've got some pictures, actually, that I'm going to uh, superimpose over you. There's a, a photo of a okay. certain guitar um, from Ibanez. Yeah.
2: This that's is quite a, a guitar. So okay. yeah, um, that's uh, the new signature model guitar there. I wish you could see the back and sides in that photo, because it's like it looks like a black guitar, but it's just a black top. So. It's like a a um, a matte, pretty much a flat black top. <laughs> That's the the very first headstock. There's no guitar attached to that. That's just me holding the first <laughs> headstock that they, uh, that they ever showed me. I drew that headstock myself, like oh, wow. on a piece of paper. I drew I drew it, and then super cool. Um, I kind of managed to get it onto a computer, okay, and sent it, and then they kind of neatened it out. And I thought. It's funny one of the first things that the ibanez guys said to me is that there'll be some things that you can't do one of them is the headstock because it's so important to the ibanez branding <laughs> and i thought well i'm gonna give it a try because i've got this really good idea because what i went for there with this um, is can you see it at the top it's kind of like the the kind of 90s rock electric if you think how it's like a uh, like a tick shape but with a, a bit taken out of it. Yeah. like a in a gem mm-hmm. or a so I've done the same thing except it's much smoother and more shallow so it suits an acoustic mm-hmm. guitar but it's actually the same contour just completely reduced. Oh, right. And then ah. if you look at the bottom of the headstock, yeah. how on um on the Ibanez you can it's always offset, so one side's higher than the other. Um, uh-huh. not like on a Gibson where they're the same level. Yeah. At the bottom one mm-hmm. one side is higher than the other. So I I did exactly the same. Thing there so it kind of looks like the headstock of you know a js or a gem except it's an acoustic version so <laughs> um, every everything about the guitar had that much thought go into it <laughs> every single bit um that that's one of the prototypes that i'm playing in that picture so that's the very all that's correct about that guitar is the shape of the body though even the headstock oh, was yeah. just a, a rectangular headstock on that so that was um yeah just to check that the body shape that we designed was good because the body shape is weird it's uh it doesn't look weird until you look very closely and then you realize it's asymmetrical so the waist of the guitar is offset you can kind of see it uh, yeah. and the and the brace in the middle which you can't really see in that picture but it's it's diagonal it's diag- it's I, not I, straight
0: I, I can see it because i've got a, a high res version um but it's definitely yeah. it's like sort of almost half past twelve if that makes sense yeah
2: it's just off a little bit <laughs> and um, there's reasons for that in terms of making the guitar ergonomic to play so it can be a big guitar which is going to give it more bass but the the top mm. side is a little bit um less round and less jumbo mm-hmm. so you can reach over it I mean for me it doesn't matter i'm I'm six'm I'm, I'm t- two meters tall and have very long arms. I can play anything, but um, for everybody else, <laughs> I wanted to make sure it was possible to play it. Um, yeah, but basically, we have this PowerFerro back and sides. This is a prototype too that I'm holding here. Um, I've got a, a flat black top. I've put some scratch pads on mine, but but really, ah. I'm just experimenting. So this is, like I say, this is a prototype. Um, mm-hmm. This, this has the, the pickup system <clears throat> inside here, which I, um, I actually fitted this one myself <laughs> because this got sent to me separate from the guitar. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a three-way pickup system with a humbucker, a microphone, and a uh, body sensor on the wood, <clears throat> excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you can blend all those pickups together inside the guitar, or you can out, like, um, what I do is I have two cables here So it's got two outputs on the guitar. So if you want to just put one cable into the guitar, you can mix the pickups together and just have like a regular guitar. It's very, very simple. Or you can use two cables. Um, One of these cables is stereo that I'm using. And then you have all three pickups going separately to separate channels in your mixer or whatever you're plugging into. And that's what all the the pro modern fingerstyle guys, that's what they do sorry i've got a bit of a sore throat at the moment
0: that's good we can just look at the guitar i wonder
2: yeah the, so it's with um, the scratch pads they look amazing it's uh, i don't know i don't know if i'm even audible So um, basically, what the idea with the guitar is to, every guitar that kind of a modern fingerstyle guy uses um, is probably a boutique guitar that cost you know, a really big amount of money. Not, not necessarily, but um, usually. And then it's customized with different pickups to be able to produce the sounds. And... It might have been built to a certain specification with certain frets, certain woods and finishes, um, and certain things that make it possible to do a lot of the tapping and the kind of crazy stuff. Um, and also to get that kind of modern finger style sound that's very full and very rich, because usually it's people playing without a band. You know, it's this isn't
1: um,
2: a kind of music where generally you're strumming while you know there's a, b- a bass player and, and a drummer. and uh, keyboard player or whatever it's it's solo music mostly so the guitars that people use they sound different to like a folk or country guitar you know which is what most of the guitars that you can Mm. buy are designed for so most of the big companies who've been around for a long time they're making guitars that were intended for um country guitar and folk guitar so with this kind of style, you need that big, full, rich sound. You need to be able to sound big without the bass player and without the drummer. Um, so that's what we've done, really. And as far as I'm aware, it's the first time that we've there's been a kind of mainstream company that's made a guitar for modern fingerstyle music. Um, so it's very, very exciting. And a lot of people, a lot of my friends who are fingerstyle guitar players who are professional guitar players they're really excited about it because it it's validating for us Mm. it makes us feel like our genre and what we've been doing for years is you know people are people care about it you know Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, a lot of people uh, have seen the guitar and they don't really understand it and kind of exactly what you've just said is what those people need to hear because it's not a campfire strummer um it's um, although I'm sure you could do some campfire strumming, but a lot of people got confused about what it is that you guys do, and if they could just watch what you played and listen to what you played and then hear what you just said, I think that would definitely clarify a lot of those they're not naysayers but they're unclear as it were
2: no if if um i mean it <laughs> it's it's totally possible to play like modern fingerstyle on a traditional steel string guitar. It's possible, but um, you don't ha- you don't get that rich bottom end. You don't get that kind of what's great about the style is it feels very satisfying to play. So as I'm sitting here playing it, there's there's the bass rumbling through my body. There's you know my big kick drum sounds and and, and my hi hat sounds and my my sparkly treble that I can use for playing melodies if I want to, or just creating um, like shimmery sounds. And it's so full, it's it's like being, you know, like a, a keyboard, like a synth player or something. We have all these different sounds at our disposal. And you don't really get that with regular steel string guitars. That's why when you see um, most of the kind of well-known modern fingerstyle players, they are playing something that you don't know what it is, because you know it's it. It's got a name on the headstock, and you don't know what it is. And it's often because it, that headstock is that that name is a luthier who builds twenty guitars a year, and that's it. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Also, I think you you've decided very consciously on on what the specs went on on this guitar, starting from the jumbo frets to the offset design. I think like how many iterations of your signature guitar was there like uh, I think I heard a number like 30 different prototypes <laughs> oh, around.
2: that's really scary is that correct um I yeah. don't know I don't know wow.
1: <laughs> I don't want to know that's too many guitars
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you see and it's funny because I've always been like somebody who plays the same guitar and I had a couple of other guitars like in the background but really I've just played the same guitar all my life and um, I never had. I never owned many guitars, and I've never been one of those people who likes to buy loads of guitars. Sorry, because that's the last thing you want to hear. <laughs> but um, I. Uh, but now my my house is full of guitars, <laughs> full of prototypes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's um, it's just been really, really fun working with Ibanez. An incredibly like, just easy in a lot of ways because I've never been told no really um, mm-hmm. just I've never been told that oh no we can't do that you have to compromise on that just never you know mm-hmm. uh, and there's been things that I've suggested that we've tried and they haven't worked um, but it's usually been me who said N- no that, that didn't work and then I feel really guilty because they've built a guitar or whatever and <laughs> and uh, I've tried it and yeah. it's just it's just 10% worse than you know, do oh, no. you know what I mean? It's not like it's <laughs> terrible. It's just, it's yeah. just ten percent worse. So, <clears throat> no, we need to not. We need to take that away again. And um, yeah. yeah, it's been a really long process, but I really hope that it's been a good learning process for Ibanez as well. So, um, <clears throat> as they move forward and become an acoustic guitar, I mean they already are, but, but as they become uh, a well-known um, acoustic guitar maker, that's that's hopefully. As known for acoustic guitar as it is for electric guitar, I hope and bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope um, you know they take some of that information forward as part of their, their journey and part of the learning process. So you know, because I've learned a lot from them, so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's the give and take that you always have when we when you you know cooperate on a signature guitar with an artist. But that, that vision to uh, kind of create a modern fingerstyle guitar for players, also in the ranges, I think that dates back already four or five years when there was that vision when people, especially in Japan, like Shinji and Masashi, when they kind of picked up that trend and thought, well, Ibanez has always been a, a brand kind of pushing the envelope and, and kind of picking up new trends and supporting the players with tools to, to kind of spark their creativity and kind of provide them something that they don't have to tweak. They can just take it out of the case and start playing. So there was that kind of vision that grew on to, to um, design instruments that are made for modern players. And, uh-huh. then, you know, you get in talks with, with artists like yourself and, and, and they can contribute so much more to, and, and all of a sudden that learning curve gets even steeper. You,
2: you talk about that as if that's how it happens, but it isn't. I, I mean, I've worked with companies on, on different things and um, it's quite rare that that happens. It's only been recently that I've been able to persuade people to, to listen in that way, and and usually with a product, you know, a guitar or an amp or something, they've already made it,
1: uh-huh.
2: and then they oh. send it to me. They've designed ah. it, they've made yeah. at least a prototype, but probably they've made the first production model or whatever, and then they send it to me, and I just think, I really wish that you'd told me about this. And um mm-hmm but you know before before you started doing it or as you were in the process so i could have changed it before because there's so many things that you could have done that you didn't do mm-hmm. you know and that's what usually happens and it, it's frustrating you know it can be kind of sad and um yeah that's the opposite of what happened here we literally had you know just a blank piece of paper and um i filled it up with as many ideas as i could think of you know and <laughs> Some of them are on this guitar. <laughs> I have to ask, John, um,
0: it sounds like your relationship with Ibanez is going swimmingly, and it sounds like they're listening, and you're having a truly cooperative relationship. Why why Ibanez in the first place? So day minus one, what began this relationship between you and Ibanez?
2: Well, um, it started actually in Germany at Guitar Summit, I think probably the year before. Um we're talking mm-hmm. about and um i went on to the ibanez booth and was asking them if i could try um i really wanted to play the js with the sustaining uh, pickup you know the one uh, mm-hmm. As like a sustain i don't know if it's a sustainiac or the pickup inside there
1: the 20 20- 2400 series yeah, right? yeah.
2: and uh, so i was just noodling on that for ages and then the guys on uh, the ibanez guys on the booth there then asked me if i would like to try the acoustic guitars and i wasn't that interested in trying them because I, um, I could look at them and see what they were about. You know, you can with the. It's the same with acoustic guitar as it is with electric guitar. If you look at a uh, progressive, like, progressive rock guitar, with like seven strings, and then you look at a Fender Jazzmaster or a Tele, or something very traditional, or like a, a Jaguar or something really old. It's, just, you, it's like, yeah, that's. I understand what that guitar is kind of about, and um, just without even playing it. And so I then said to them, it's, it's a, I, for me, in my mind, Ibanez is always about progressive guitars. And when I was a kid, I loved Ibanez to the point that I actually got an Ibanez neck and stuck it on my guitar that wasn't an Ibanez. <laughs>
1: um, I really did that.
2: So I had an Ibanez gem um, neck with the Tree of Life vine growing oh, wow. up it. Um, on a different guitar Um, because I couldn't find an Ibanez in my town you know so the closest thing I could get was to buy a neck from somewhere in in America or something anyway so yeah for me it was like always the guitar company that represented progressive guitar playing when I was a kid that's what what Ibanez were for you know in my mind Mm -hmm. and I said to those guys you know there's this whole world of progressive acoustic guitar that's happening now and it's really exciting and people are really into it and it would just be great if a company like Ibanez would make us a guitar and I thought you know I probably won't ever speak to those guys again because I basically said no I'm sorry I don't want to play your guitar And, um, <laughs> but I, I would never normally say that. I just I just went to I said it to those guys because I just wanted Ibanez to be that company. So I thought, okay, I'll risk it. And then a few weeks later, I got an email saying we'd really like to hear some of your ideas. So that's how it how it happened. And um, yeah, so that's that's where we, that's where we went to. And now Ibanez has already brought out some other kind of more modern. Um, acoustic guitars and they're getting this whole portfolio now of really amazing mm-hmm. um steel string guitars that are different that's their own designs and really really unique and it's really exciting you know for the whole kind of guitar world oh what's that one let me see
1: the advanced acoustic series oh yeah yeah that's got released in december It's got also multiple i, tr- I um, tried one in
2: uh pickups i yeah. tried one in um I I there was that one and there's a smaller is there a smaller body one as well?
1: Uh, that's probably the fingerstyle the collection then. Okay,
2: yeah. so there was um yeah, yeah. there was a, they brought me a couple to try to show me like what else mm-hmm. they were doing, so it's um yeah it's just amazing that 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 they're doing that. I really hope that you know it kind of explodes. You know we'll see. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, to to degree, I think uh, there has been some some kind of ex, let's say explosion because a lot of younger younger players kind of pick up that trend, and even if they are like more into like traditional acoustic guitar, they kind of discover that there is that like al- almost like an alternate uh, universe, yeah. and they dive in, and it's so cool that you know Ibanez is pushing the envelope by providing instruments at you know a, a price point where you don't have to spend three grand on buying a guitar and having that uh, modded with a fishman system and different uh, frets etc. So basically out of the case you get a playable instrument uh, Where you can uh, basically start playing that finger style uh, Finger style guitar and uh, I think that's the point and uh, actually we have a couple a couple guys in in the chat Erica, for instance She's an amazing guitar player from Venezuela who lives in o- uh, Austria at the moment so um, Hi Erika and, and these, these <laughs> Yeah, she, she, she plays incredible fingerstyle guitar. We've got even more Safi and Tobias Rauschen. Oh, yeah, yeah, of middle. course. Yeah, to, to some degree, this is already like the next generation oh, of yeah. fingerstyle players. Oh, so,
2: yeah, it is. Um, I just hope they have the, you know, it's funny what we were talking about with kind of creating content and stuff earlier. I hope they feel they have the creative freedom to, you know, make their own music and, and uh, experiment freely without worrying about too much about Trying to sustain, mm-hmm. you know how many followers they have on Instagram or whatever. It's 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 uh, you know it's it's really tough that there's a lot of pressure. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's it's great that that, that um, evolution is happening. I kind of just always want to tell people to just go back to Michael Hedges and listen, and just make sure that you know where it comes from, you know. <laughs> so because he's my hero, and he really is like the root of pretty much everything that we're doing so yeah
0: mm-hmm. i'm making i'm yeah, making notes because i'm super
1: yeah. interested <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's so cool to see that for for so many people that are in the chat and probably check out that live stream later that john is the hero and they started or they they got to know him through Passion Flower or cocoon and now are diving into that kind of style and he's their role model and kind of stylistic uh you know it, like role model, like I said, and, um, and and basically, that I think that's that's also part of why as an artist you can be proud of the achievement of, of um, inspiring other people to pick up the guitar and trying out different styles and trying to be creative in a in a way they probably never have thought about before.
2: Okay, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. it's um, it's really something where with with fingerstyle guitar, kind of the it's not really a, a genre, you know. There's not really a style of music that you have to play it just means playing guitar with your fingers really you know yep. it doesn't really mean anything in particular but that's great it shouldn't be it should be a, like a process like it means if it if it becomes something which means progressive guitar progressive acoustic music that's really cool for me and that's really really exciting if it becomes something where it's just just a technique and it's a certain way that people play and when they what mm-hmm. what would what would be sad is if um when somebody is told oh this guy uh this uh this person they play fingerstyle guitar then they know what to expect and then when they listen and watch that person play they are correct they did know what to expect that would be really really sad what's great about fingerstyle guitar now is that you can somebody can say oh this person plays fingerstyle guitar and it could be anything that you're about to hear, you know, I hope. Oh. Sure. So, you know, I really really hope that continues.
1: You say it's not a genre. How do you perceive that? Do you think like fingerstyle guitar is uh, perceiving the instrument as a as a band or Yeah,
2: maybe. That's a great way to think about it, yeah. I'd certainly don't I certainly like that definition, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: I just realized I've never felt so calm whilst doing one of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'm a little bit manic and, and quite, you know, energetic, and I, I feel immensely calm right now, And um, but but not tired, not in a, in a lethargic way. Certainly okay. just
2: I, I feel very centered. As I think say. I just extract people's stress from them and, and take it all into my own body. I think
1: that's what I'm <laughs> well, Oh, no, hopefully not.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you can come back every week, please, with John's <laughs> five minutes of de-stress.
1: <laughs> But I've got a question, John, you've, you've uh, been a professional musician for so many years. If there was uh, an, a certain form of advice that you could give your, your younger self or like the next generation of, of uh, acoustic musicians, what would that be? Is there anything in particular that you learned the hard way or where you think, oh, oh God, that, yeah, that was so a tough much. lesson? Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, so much. But um, I think Um, something that I've never had really as a person, I've never been very good at understanding is like the concept of having your own boundaries of like what you accept for yourself and what you don't. And, Mm -hmm. um, it took me a really long time to figure that out of what it is that I need. And then it took me a bit, a little bit more time to have the courage to actually kind of demand that from my own life do you know what i mean and sometimes have to say to somebody no i don't want to do that or no i don't want to do that that way um Uh because uh yeah it's um being a musician is a really hard job when you get out on the road and you start doing it's really tough you know it's really physically and emotionally demanding and i've really you know done myself some damage in both ways um and yeah i think having uh just the the courage to say this is this is what I can handle, and knowing what you can handle in advance, you know, is uh, is really important. But I never I never knew that when I started out. I didn't really have any idea. My my uh, childhood consisted of me being shut in a bedroom playing guitar, pretty much. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't have too much to prepare me for that. So <clears throat> yeah, it's um yeah that's one piece of advice. And another piece of advice I would say is um is just um just be kind to people like other musicians be respectful of um, anybody who comes to see you play be respectful of the fact that they're there you know and that's that's really important too because the worst thing that happens to friends of mine who get any success as uh as musicians is that they they become i don't know they think it makes them really great people <laughs> because they're because they're successful, and that's not what makes somebody a good person. You know, it's really not. There's other things that make somebody a good person, so it can be it can have a negative effect on, on people. So, and that doesn't have to be like a a big thing. It can just be. Can, I can remember it really early on. Sometimes I'd play, and it, I have the opposite problem, which is that people will tell me how great I am after a gig or after like an open mic night 20 years ago. And I won't believe it. I I find it impossible to believe. Like, literally, I I cannot honestly believe that inside myself. Whereas some of my friends, somebody would come up to them after a a little, they played three songs at an open mic night and tell them that they're a genius and they're the best guitarist in the world or whatever. And they fully believe it. They, for, at least for a while, they fully they think, okay, that's that's the truth. Finally, somebody understands the truth, you know. And <laughs> I, I've always found that quite shocking, and uh, it's generally had a very negative effect on that person. <laughs> so yeah, be very careful of of that.
0: I think if um, the way I look at that is to not listen too carefully to the mindless criticism, but also don't take the compliments too seriously either. Uh, it's, it's walking this fine line in the middle of listening but not being affected by it you
2: know what sometimes I had really good advice from from people in really unexpected ways <clears throat> so I remember one time I was playing a gig in a pub um, It's a really long time ago and this uh, this guy came up to me and you know he was a really big guy with a long ponytail and he told me that he'd uh, I can't remember like he'd been a roadie for Led Zeppelin or something um, and uh, you know, I say something, cause I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it was, he, he was trying to kind of impress me, you know, in that moment. And I thought, okay, here we go. This guy's going to, he's going to give me some uh, really great unsolicited advice straight away. And that's what he did. Um, um, but actually turned out it was good advice. He said to me, you know what? You should tune your guitar lower. He says, you know, your voice is um, quite often, you know, you're, you're pushing it a little bit. And I think your guitar your your overall sound would be better if um, if you lost a bit of treble and gained a bit of bass. So just tune your guitar down a little bit. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. So the next day I tuned my guitar lower. Uh, it was hard to play because the strings were loose. So I started finding out about heavier strings that you can get. And um, yeah, I always wish I could thank that guy because I've been doing that ever since. You know, And that must be... Yeah must be 20 years ago so yeah so there you go it's a very strange very specific piece of advice so it's weird sometimes that happens if it also you know. that
0: that says something about you john that you took that advice and did something with it rather than say screw you i know what i'm doing and
2: this is what i do um yeah a i lo- mean a i lot could lot of probably people feel wouldn't that emotion that i probably feel that emotion i can kind of feel it now i'm definitely that's a thing that i can experience it's like you know that happens, and it's always that conflict. If somebody tells you something negative, you have those two responses. One is, "How dare you? What do you know?" <laughs> and the other one is, "Oh God, they they know everything. They can see right through me." You know, <laughs> and you can have those two feelings at the same time. I can, um, mm. and neither of them are, are real, you know. But it's uh, yeah. But sometimes somebody just gives you advice at, at the right moment. Yeah, because I've had lo- You know, we all get loads of advice as musicians. Like mostly. Why don't you go on Pop Idol? Why don't you go on X Factor? <laughs> That's the main. It's the main thing.
0: I really hope I don't see you on Britain's Got Talent. That means I mean, something's drastically wrong.
2: I got invited after Passionflower went viral. We got a phone call, um, saying, um, "You know, come and play. You don't have to do the uh, preliminary things. We'll make sure that you are in. You know, the TV rounds and all this kind of stuff." They didn't say that at first, but then my wife was my manager at the time. She said, "No, we're not interested. Sorry." So then they started to explain, "Oh no, you'll be like a special case." Um, And um, at that time, she was also a singing teacher, and a lot of her friends, a lot of her pupils, were going on or wanted to go on talent shows and saw that as the the thing to do. And some of them did try it, you know. And so she felt very angry that I was being offered. A little mm. cheat, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And because these kids believe in that; they they believe it's real. Um, I mean, she told them that she the fuck off. I think, but um, <laughs> that's because we have our own issues with those kinds of things. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's still it's pretty cheap. So I I was offered, I was offered. But you know, there's some. I don't think there's anything wrong with them, for you know, any. Everybody's different, right? <laughs> It's not. Not for, it's not for me. No. <laughs> 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 um,
0: we're, we're gonna have to wrap this up, John. Uh, although I would love to ask you a, a, a gear question geared at like when Dan was talking about your younger self, when you first began doing what you're doing now the styles that you're playing, if someone wanted to follow in your footsteps, but they couldn't afford the Ibanez signature, what would you suggest they did to
2: their existing guitar? And what sort of things could they practice? Okay, so um, it's funny people have been asking me that for a long time, and um, I have not been able to really recommend a guitar, which sucks. Um, Sorry for the crap question. But, but yeah, now now that now I can, which is cool. And, yeah. Um, you know, and this this one is it's not that it's not a cheap guitar, but we will be progressing forward with uh, you know making things more affordable as time passes. But first, we just had to get get this one right, the really you know the super perfect one, mm. and. Um, yeah, so things that they can do that you can do to the guitar. Um, some things are tricky to do and you need a bit of help, like um, frets really matter. So I always use slightly taller frets. So they don't have to be wider frets, but slightly taller. So sometimes they're called tall, skinny frets. And also the material. So if you can find a tech who's happy to put stainless steel frets inside your guitar, um, it's not just like some. Thing where they're, or oh, it's better quality material. It's not about that. Um, it's about the the sound of them and the volume. So for um, stuff where you're, like I was then, where you're tapping the notes, um, in order to be able to get good volume from these notes without plucking them. the frets are what are generating all of the, all of well your fingers hitting the string obviously but it's the frets that, that they're striking and that's what's generating all of the all of the tone and the sound and stainless steel has a richer tone and it's much louder so you don't have to hit it so hard and if you don't have to hit it so hard it doesn't just make it easier it makes it sound different because the harder you hit it the more kind of trebly and aggressive it sounds and sometimes that's cool you want a trebly aggressive sound but you want to have the choice right um and yeah and and other, other modifications it's kind of tough. Pickups is the is probably then the most important, but you can't modify an acoustic guitar that much. But certainly you can do frets and you can do um you can do pickups. And the thing with pickups is to get a multiple source system. So the one that I always recommend and have done forever really is the Fishman Rare Earth blend. And there's loads of other different ones available, and they, they all have different qualities. But the thing with the Rare Earth Blend is that you get two completely kind of discrete sounds that are completely different. So it's a really great creative tool. So you have the humbucker here, which can only hear the strings. It can't hear the body. It can't hear the air vibrating. It's just hearing the strings vibrating, just like on an electric guitar. It's not really hearing anything. It's just sensing the metal moving you know, in a magnetic field. And then it's got a little condenser microphone, which is really, really great, um, attached to it. And you can, and those two things do completely different jobs. So you can really experiment and you can get your own sound with it. Whereas with most um, acoustic guitars, you put them in the guitar and that's it. You can, oh. you know, maybe you can change the tone with the EQ a little bit. But I guess being from an electric guitar background, I want to have my own voice as a guitarist. I don't want my guitar just to sound like a nice acoustic guitar. I want it to have my own character. So right now I have um, the pickups set a certain way with different levels of each pickup. Then I have different EQ on each pickup. And that gives me a sound in the same way that, you know, a a famous electric guitarist has a recognisable tone to the notes that they play. So I think that's really important um, and not something that people talk about with acoustic guitar enough Um, so yeah the things that you can do basically change your frets get some good pickups that's kind of it thank you I've never heard anyone talk about acoustic guitar like that Dan you is it crazy right (laughs) why does nobody talk about it in that way like I want to have my own sound and my own voice on the guitar yeah you know, Hedges, you my just, hero. Just it was very famous guitar. for his sound. Yeah. You know, He's, yeah, the, people used to call it the Earth tone on Michael Hedges' guitar, and it wasn't just down to his guitar; it's because of the pickups that he used and the way that he used those pickups. And the strings—he used to use steel strings on the guitar, nickel steel strings rather than acoustic strings, to enhance the sound of the pickups. So all these different little things that he would do to oh. tweak the sound, and you know, get his own characteristic, distinctive Earth tone. And I'm trying to do a similar thing with, um, you know, just having my own tone, which is unique and uh, yeah.
0: What a great answer to a, a rather bog-standard question. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Yeah, long as well. I apologize. <laughs> all good, all good. Since we've got to wrap it up anyways, I've, I've got one specific question. What, John, what is on your post-corona bucket list? Is there anything in particular? Not
2: necessarily. I just want to get on a stage. I know every musician is saying this, this probably, but I just need to get on a stage. Yeah. Or I'm, um, I don't know who I am at the moment, and it's it's really hard. It's like, it's, being on a stage is what gives you instant value like you realise that you matter as a person uh. and it not, I don't mean like you matter like you know you're a big superstar I just mean the same way that anybody who works in a job you want to get some kind of job satisfaction from it mm-hmm. hopefully and um, yeah without that I really really struggle because the it's so great to get feedback online and I have a lot of support from people on online but when I'm in the same room as them and I play music to them and I can see their face change and I can feel the atmosphere in the room change and it's like okay I did that I made that thing that's what I make in my job is I make people like feel a little bit different than they did Mm -hmm. before and without that it's like I don't know what the point of me is you know and that's you know, I'm also a dad and a husband and 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 that stuff. But your your work life, I think, matters in that way. And it's hard, yeah. Mm. So I just need to get back on a fucking stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we keep our fingers crossed that uh, soon yeah. and we can make that happen and see you on the stages and uh, also present that lovely guitar and the new album because that's just incredible. Got to show it again.
2: It's gonna be great to get on a stage. I'm gonna have new songs. I'm gonna have a new guitar. It's gonna be. A whole new human, and I can't wait. Well, I hope you get the opportunity
0: to come to uh, to Austria, and if not, then Germany. Because we're looking at Austria. Actually, my my
2: my agent actually asked me specifically about Austria last week. So, um, yeah, it could be happening. I once played in a place called Die Brücke, the bridge. Is that right? Mm -hmm. In Graz. Yeah, Graz. Yeah,
0: Graz. Yeah, that's that's one of my
2: favourite places. And the lady who runs that place is called Doris. And she's quite strict. She, she usually tells me off at least once during the gig. <laughs> Last time, I remember she said, stop speaking German. Your German is shit. <laughs> Just speak English. We all understand. <laughs> if you could play a place called Schlachthof,
0: the Alterschlachthof, in Vels, that would be great, because that's only 15 minutes from my house, so okay. that would be very, com- I'll very convenient. That. I'll try. But, uh, I am willing to travel further.
2: <laughs> OK, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Dan, thank you for inviting John. And John, thank you so much for joining us. That was truly enlightening and enjoyable. And also, I have to say, the live chat has never been so quiet. In the sense that they're all must be paying attention. Because normally <laughs> oh, the chat's yeah. going and and the uh, yeah. it's it's the people are there, it's just it's silent until you say something and then people are going, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So you you have absolutely captivated our audience. That's and, funny because oh, I'm a troll.
2: I'm a terrible I don't mean that in like I, I, I attack people on the internet, I just mean that I do tend to post mostly kinda of, I just take the piss <laughs> in that British way. <laughs> So I'll just if like if sometimes I watch the Guitar Hour, um, Tom's Tom Quayle's thing, and I go on it purely just to make stupid comments <laughs> in the chat and try try and put them off. <laughs> that's the only reason.
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I usually do as well, but uh, not this week. So I think they were actually oh. listening very closely. Yeah.
2: That's nice. Thank you.
1: Guys in the chat, if you haven't checked out uh, John's latest song, um, it's called The Ghost Inside You. I think the video has been released last week. Yeah. And the faintest idea is the album. You can grab it from, I think, your website as well as Amazon and all, yeah, yeah. all the other stores.
2: It's on, it's on Scope Records and you can just find it pretty much anywhere.
1: Awesome. Well, again, thanks, John. It's, thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, uh, for telling us your guitar stories and, um, yeah, hope to see you soon. Playing live for us yeah, for man. the audience, and see you next week. Yeah,
0: please say hello to to England for me, and um, everybody listening on the audio version. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the music, and I hope it came across so nicely as it did for us. And we will see you and hear from you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.